Many times we need to keep our health in check, but don't know what questions to ask or where to begin. We walk in blindly to our health care provider and walk out none the wiser and maybe even more confused than before. Can you take charge of your health and arm yourself with the questions and preparedness you need? The answer is yes. Welcome to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs. This program will answer your questions and give you the best practices for facing your medical partner in good health. Now, here's Dr. Susan Downs. Hi, all. Welcome to Occupy Health. This is Dr. Susan. Here, we want to learn about how to be healthy, how to be proactive. Because we go to our doctor, they don't have time. Ten minutes, prescription pad, and we're out. They tend to be reactive. Sick care, disease management, they will give you something to help with the symptoms. But let's go further than that. Let's go to looking for the underlying cause. Let's do something that we can do on our own so we can get better. In the days of increasing censorship, it's more important that we learn about these things. Share it with people. Share it with the practitioners. Let's get this word out so we can work toward our health. Today we have an expert in this field. He knows so much about many things. I think he's a genius. We have Dr. Bern Freelander. He earned his doctorate of chiropractic from the Los Angeles College of Chiropractor. Pardon me. He's involved in developing nutritional therapies since 1982. As a result of his therapeutic formulas, he pioneered the research and use from amino acids for improving athletic performance as a safe alternative to steroids. He's worked with many athletic athletes, many famous teams. His stuff worked. During his career, he served as a nutritional and sports injury consultant for the athletic members of the track teams at UCLA, USC, Berkeley, Stanford, and many professional track and field athletes from all over the U.S. He's also worked with professional players from the L.A. Rams, L.A. Raiders, L.A. Clippers, L.A. Lakers, and the San Diego Chargers. In 1984, he served as a chiropractor and nutritional consultant to the numerous members of the U.S. Olympic track and field teams. Welcome, Dr. Freelander. We look forward to what you can share with the audience. Well, thank you, Doctor. Uh, I appreciate having and being on the show of yours, which uh, helps a lot of people to understand and take care of their own situation and be aware of their own health and what they can do on their own. And, you know, hopefully we can make a difference for them. Let's do that. I mean, you're the man to help. So what is aging? How do we solve well, it? Well, you know, <laughs> aging is very, it's, it, it's how we age, I think, is more important because we're all going to have a end period of our time, which is uh, something that our genes are, uh, you know, epigenetics, Everything controls, our lifestyle controls everything that we do. And, you know, and also your ancestors and your mother and father and their health and what, uh, how long they lived. I think a lot of this is controlled by our thoughts, our minds, epigenetics, our lifestyle, being positive, what we eat and how we take care of ourselves on a daily basis. So it's a wear and tear of our body, and it happens normally when we do everything on a regular basis of surviving and, you know, meeting the lifestyle we have today 
being indoors, being outdoors, sitting in a car or in an office, these are factors that control our aging factors. And most people can live 100 years or more if they have the genes already available to them, but we can control these genes and make them better for us if we don't have them because our, our family lifestyle and their genes dictated their conditions a long time ago. So it's all about what we can do today that makes a difference in how we age. And the quality of life is more important than aging. Uh, we don't want to have diabetes, heart attacks, cardiovascular disease, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, dementia. As we get older, we want to avoid all these things. We want to be active, have a quality of life, enjoy everything we do, and be positive. And that's what quality of life is. And if we want to survive 80 plus, we want to feel good. And that's the key to aging. And I think that's where we need to understand and uh, address those issues and figure out how we can do that and understand our own chemistry is very important in determining how long we're going to live and the quality of life we're going to have. So you say genetics is important. How important? And you're also saying we can change well, our genes. How? Yeah. Well, genes are expressed by our lifestyle. You know, if we eat a, a diet of high fried foods and McDonald's and uh, carbs and all of that, that dictates in how we're going to live, you know, and how it inflammatory we're going to get. So genes are expressed based on our attitude, our being positive, having a lifestyle that we're happy, nurturing ourselves, um, doing things we enjoy, you know, getting up every morning and look in the sun, be in nature, that's important because we came from that part of, uh, you know, cycle of circadian. We, our, our body developed because of sunlight, because of chemistry of life, you know, being outdoors and proper air and clean air and not having a lot of pollution in the planet. These are factors that created life. And now in our time where we are today, we've uh, changed that. We changed the... Um, the way we live and how we live, and these genes are expressed by that. And it takes about 65,000 years to change a gene, to alter it, and to adapt to a new condition that we're in. And that 65,000 years is a long time. So what we eat, how, what we think, how we think, positive attitude, the right amount of exercise, and quality of sleep, and avoiding electromagnetic radiation and chemicals and heavy metals and petroleum, all these things dictate in how the genes are expressed and how they function and the repairing mechanism. These are key factors. Are you that saying that, for example, at. something new with EMF or glyphosate, it'll take us 65,000 years before we adapt? Or if there's any of us left that, you know, that can't adapt to it? That's supposedly that's what genetics have figured out how genes express themselves and how we alter them. It takes about thirty to sixty-five thousand years to adapt to these conditions, and the body makes new genes based on these new elements that we're involved with, and our climate and everything, the environment, 
dictates these changes. And we have to express those genes to change with it. And it takes 30 to 65,000 years to change. It doesn't happen overnight. So while we're still here today, you know, we have to take care of what we have now. And that's by making changes in our life and looking at what we can do today, how we get up in the morning, how we sleep at night. These are factors. And what we do in between the morning and the evening, all this are basic factors that are controlling us in our genes and how we repair and the wear and tear and et cetera. And, you know, there's hormones, there's many factors, there's minerals. These are all dictating us how we develop. And we need the right minerals, we need the right vitamins, we need the right foods, we need the right elements of light and sun and air and quality of air and all that. And what we drink is very important, too. You mentioned uh, to be happy. My vision of happiness is mindfulness and having meaning in life. So what would you recommend to the listeners of how they can latch on to this happiness that you say is so important, or how have you done it? Well, training athletes, one of the things I learned to do is I learned through many great other individuals out there that worked with uh, Tony Robbins that I had a chance to they were my patients, so I learned a lot what they contribute to society through the brain and the cognitive function. And one of the things I tell everybody, get a little light in the morning, sunlight, red light, whatever you can, and look in the mirror and say that I love myself and I look wonderful and I love each day that I get up and I raise that look and that experience, which you look in the mirror, you feedback, you get a feedback of who you are. So say I feel good. I love myself. I'm not aging. I look great. Um, you know, say something. What is my goal today? My goal is to make sure that everyone I meet today is going to be positive with me. And I'm going to provide that positive energy to them by giving them some love, some nurturing some hugging. You, what, the problem we, today is we don't hug enough. We don't nurture anybody. And people just give a little tap with their hands and that's it. I come up to my patients, every patient that I've seen, I give them a big hug before they come in and when they leave. And that is a positive exchange of hormones that helps in the healing process, but it also nurtures the cells and they love that. So you got to do that every day. Look in the mirror and say, I love myself. I look great. I resonate with happiness and laughter. And, you know, just look at everything being positive. That's what you have to do. And if something negative happens, okay. But think about the positive that comes out of it, too. So that's a very important factor. And one of the things with athletes, I train the athletes to experience results experience winning a gold medal, how it feels to win a gold medal, and what it takes and the drive it takes to win a gold medal. But it's all in a positive way. And I have them experience the, uh, the event itself and winning and seeing how you win and having that positive attitude and looking beyond that, how it feels to win a medal and what develops afterwards, you know, 
from winning a medal. Uh, there's many positive things that come from that. Money, love, you know, exposure, talking to other people, helping others, you know, make a wish foundation, whatever you want to do. There's so many things that can be done, and that's a positive outlook in life. Well, Bern, I agree with you. You do look great. And I think the hugging and the interconnectedness and being around people certainly increases the hormone oxytocin, which is very helpful. Other things I think that really help in this area is being grateful for what we have. Maybe just, just have little goals and be happy when we have a little goal. And also what I've found in life, if we give something, we usually get a lot more back if our intention is pure just to give and not to get. So I agree with you totally. And also, women, maybe you don't need to put all that stuff on your face. Just look and love you the way that that you are. We don't have to look like mannequins. I agree with you. And there's so many natural things you can apply to the face. Vitamin E, you know, olive oil, MCT oil. Vitamin C is one of the best things. Just take uh, crystalline vitamin C and and put it in distilled water and shake it up and spray it in your face. That's all you need sometimes, and it does wonders, you know. So there's a lot of good things we can do for our own selves. That's easy and simple and and understanding how to eat every day and what is good for you and what is inflammatory. All these things are important, you know, and providing the less stresses we do in our life, you know, every day, um, the, the better we're going to be, the healthier we're going to be, and we're going to save those genes from deteriorating and mutating and creating, uh, you know, conditions in our body that are not something we're looking for. What causes aging to go awry in the wrong direction so we go toward chronic diseases? Well, we have so many factors. We have so many stressors, inflammation, and all of these, you know. So let's say avoiding, uh, you know, uh, EMF as much as you can. So at nighttime when you go to bed, make sure that your computer is off. You're not near a cell phone. And even use your circuit breaker and turn everything off in your bedroom. And when you're going to bed, make sure four hours before you go to bed, you're not on the computer, you're not on the cell phone, you're not texting, you're relaxing, wearing red glasses, and you're providing red light uh, in the evening and just putting it in front of you. And that helps a lot in sleeping because at night you want to reduce cortisol, you want to reduce serotonin levels. You want to reduce all the inflammatory markers that are, uh, contribute to insomnia, to sleep apnea, to not getting a full rest at night. And we get that from the right nutrients throughout the day, and we get that at night by turning off the EMF and, uh, and allowing our brain to relax and go into that beta-delta wavelength. And we want to increase uh, progesterone testosterone, DHEA at night, and thyroid function. Those are the key factors. Those hormones, thyroid, DHEA, testosterone, progesterone, are very important in keeping ourselves functioning and regenerating and rejuvenating and preventing the aging factors of inflammation. And when we get up in the morning, we want to look at life. We want to have positive attitude. We want to be outdoors a little bit. And we want to eat right. We want to have the right proteins and fats and nutrients because that's the key. And the key is, you know, avoiding certain amino acids in our body 
as we age, after a certain age of 25, our body stops growing. So we don't need the mTOR pathways. We don't need IGF um, pathways. These are uh, pathways that lead to cancer, heart disease, diabetes, uh, all these inflammatory things that go on in our life. And by looking at certain of these proteins, we can do that by eliminating tryptophan, methionine, cysteine in our body by reducing it in our body will help to contribute to longevity and promote longevity by 15 to 35% longer by eliminating these inflammatory things. And that's found in a lot of the meats and eggs um, and proteins that we eat, as well as polyunsaturated fats, which is the major contributing factor to all aging diseases. And we want to avoid those. I would like to reaffirm that minimizing cortisol at night because it's got an inverse relationship with melatonin, which helps us sleep. But cortisol is also the stress hormone. It's highly inflammatory. It leads to inflammation and insulin resistance and gets everything going the wrong way. So minimizing the stress hormone cortisol is very important. And your diet you're recommending, um, you recommend, are you recommending, I mean, you're talking about tryptophan and methionine as a bad amino acids. I assume there's some good amino acids that you recommend, but are you recomm- what are you recommending with regarding to eating meat? Well, okay. What I, in 1984, when I designed the uh, nutritional program for the U.S. Olympic team and the U.S. and the Raiders, Rams, and Lakers, I studied uh, caloric restriction diet and how it works and why it works and all the negative and positive effects that come from that. And we discovered that in those diets, we saw lower levels of these amino acids because we're not implementing all these foods that have a high amino acid of tryptophan, methionine, cysteine, which can cause oxidative damage, can cause thyroid damage, hormone damage, and artery damage. So I started to work with Knox Gelatin, and Knox Gelatin introduced a gelatin product to me called Joint Formula, and we started using it, and I had no idea what it was when I started working with it in the early 80s, and it wasn't until I started learning about it through their chemists at Knox Gelatin, they started teaching me what it does and how it works on the body, and that contributes to cartilage and bone regeneration and tissue regeneration and tendons and ligaments and skin and hair, so we started using this And we started using joint formula with vitamin C and calcium and vitamin D in 1984 and 88 with the Olympics. And we've seen dramatic results in recovery. But performance-wise, we saw better results with athletic performance because the ability to repair itself was greater. And reduction of these amino acids, tryptophan, methionine, cysteine, working with caloric restriction diets, I started realizing that gelatin and collagen, which I got into much more later on in developing a unique peptide of collagen that uh, we were the, one of the first ones to come out with in the early 90s, we found that they're devoid of these three amino acids. So it was a perfect amino acid replacement. And then the only other amino acids we added to was taurine for the brain, for the liver, for cognitive For energy, we also added additional um, amino acids like some of the branch chain amino acids, but not a lot of it. And 
We also added glutamine to it and carnitine for energy. So with that, we came up with many different formulas with collagen and other amino acids, and we saw greater performances in athletic as well as with the Raiders and Rams. And uh, each team that we started working with, their performance got better. And as a matter of fact, the Raiders won the uh, Super Bowl in 87 when I was with them and, uh, and also with um, 86, 87 and then with the Lakers, they won the uh, world championship because of the dietary changes, but also how they train. We made a lot of difference in training athletes. So I started having my patients in practice start taking 15 to 20 grams of vitamins, uh, of collagen with vitamin C three times a day. And we followed them through to see if their uh, rehab was increased and performance was better. So all our patients with back problems, knee problems, and hip problems, which I had developed later on in 2016, which, uh, you know, uh, was ready for surgery, but I did a, a lot of different things in my own life that changed everything and avoided surgery. And those are the things I did was improving the collagen and vitamin C and vitamin D. And vitamin K2 is so important. I, I mean, K2, I think, is the wonder vitamin of our time because it helps to bring calcium into the bone. And one of the most deficient nutrients we see today in athletic performance as well as in patients is calcium deficiency. And everybody that talks about we are having too much calcium, they have no understanding of chemistry, of life, and how the, uh, the cells actually function. And my work with Raymond Domanium, uh, who invented the MRI, helped to see this with using MRI as a visual way of non-invasive, non-toxic form of visualizing your body and seeing how bones are developed and structures of the tissue and the water components of the tissue and the protein components of the tissue. And it's the only non-invasive way to see cancer cells. And that was through working with uh, Raymond, who um, is the father of MRI. So what I've done is we eliminated all the proteins that are damaging. So we added more pasteurized eggs, which I think is one of the best foods we can eat today, uh, fish and shrimp and lamb and grass-fed beef and keeping our, veg uh, our diet with a high level of cruciferous vegetables that have to be cooked. They have to be boiled in order to break down the cellulose. And the cellulose allows us to digest the food much more easily and more, uh, and more nutrients are available. And drink the water when you boil your vegetables because that's where the nutrients are. And you've got to cook kale. Kale has uh, many components of acetic acid and other phosphorus acid and all that that causes bone loss and thyroid dysfunction, but when you cook your cruciferous vegetables and your kale, that doesn't happen. It loses those acidic acids and makes it more nutrient available to the body and allows for digestion. So it's important to eat right. And uh, also another thing we found is cut down on salads because salads in the gut ferments and fermentation causes bloating and distension and eventually causes endotoxins and then leaky gut syndrome. So that's another problem. So we're now understanding that serotonin and too much serotonin, too much estrogen are conducive to aging, to disease, to cancer, to every known um, 
factor in the brain that causes dementia, uh, depression, anxiety disorder. And that's due to leaky gut syndrome and the escape of serotonin into the, uh, and the blood uh, platelets release serotonin under estrogen. And estrogen, too much estrogen releases serotonin to the brain. And now we have dementia, cognitive decline, depression, anxiety. Well, there's too many interesting things, so let me step back because that was just loaded with good stuff. So I hear you say that vitamin K2 and calcium, vitamin D, are very important for our bones to avoid osteoporosis. I hear you saying that it's necessary that we cook our vegetables because all you know, if we eat raw broccoli and coleslaw and all these good things, that it's more detrimental than not and it might end up fermenting the gut. And also with the kale, we have to cook it. I mean, isn't there a lot of oxalates and problems and stuff, but it needs to be cooked so we can digest it well. I also hear that you say that collagen has been super and that eating I'm eating meat and stuff you would recommend as long as it's grass fed is that correct right and also we found uh, I, and I did a lot of research in this with Ray Pete and many other great self physiologists out there and Gilbert Ling and other people like that that when you substitute collagen with an inflammatory protein could be anything like meat chicken or anything the collagen suppresses the inflammatory uh, expression that it leads through these amino acids, cysteine and methionine and tryptophan. So it balances out because collagen overwhelms that and supports, you know, the proper nutrients to the body. And it helps with healing the gut and the lining of the arteries and everything else in the body. So we find that I got into more and more in the 90s and 2000 with collagen on everyone. And, and, and structurally, we found it to help people overcome um, surgery. Now, one of my jobs at UCLA and working at, you know, I graduated from San Francisco State in 72. And then I worked six years as a physical therapist with one of the best clinics in, in San Francisco. So I saw nothing but structural uh, problems, uh, knee problems, back problems, you name it, neck problems. And then when I got into graduating uh, in 81 from chiropractor, I, I started seeing these conditions in athletes as well as patients. So I started realizing how do we accelerate their function. And one of the jobs that was given to me was working as an NFL third opinion doctor and working for Joe and Curlin. They're the number one orthopedic center in Southern California for the athletes. Their job was to send the patient to me before the operation. They said, if Dr. Freelander can save you, we're not going to do uh, surgery on you. That means knee or hip. And even with the athletes, like professional football players, they got damaged very quickly. So I started looking at every tool in my expose that's exposed to me, like the massage, like the chiropractor, like the training of athletes, how we use concentric exercises to help repair and regenerate the body. And we started looking at nutrients, vitamin D, vitamin K, calcium, magnesium, uh, potassium, sodium, and collagen. When we started using that with these athletic patients as well as normal patients, we were able to avoid them from having surgery, surgery. And even orthopedic doctors came to us and said, Burn, I have a low back. I blew my disc out lifting crates of avocado. He had an avocado farm, 
I don't want to have surgery. I want you to help me out. And we were able to do the right exercise, the right treatments, the, uh, using infrared light, infrared uh, lasers, all of this, and adding the nutrients of vitamin D, vitamin K, calcium, magnesium, vitamin C, and, all, and, and especially collagen, and we were able to avoid surgery. We got them back within six weeks to eight weeks, everyone back to normal. And so it's I heard you say the in right there that it's. I heard you say about chicken. It sounds like you did not recommend chicken as much as you're I, recommending meat. And I suspect suspect you're going to recommend the dark part of the chicken rather than the white meat. So tell us, is there a difference? What kinds of meat would you yes. recommend, and why? Okay, I, I recommend uh, at a, you know at, a, at a certain ages we don't need as much protein as we used to. Only ages 60 and above we need to increase our protein level because of protein synthesis and our aging factor. Um, but what I recommend, the reason I don't recommend chicken and a lot of pork and all that, one reason is the way they feed the chicken. Okay. And they're not using as much hormones as they used to, so you're getting organic chicken, which is better than non-organic, okay? But they're still feeding them soy and corn, and those two are the contributing factors to increasing weight gain in animals. That's When I used to work with, uh, there was a guy who worked with Tyson, and, I, and he taught me a lot about how they feed animals like chicken and cows. And they said they use a lot of grains because grains increases um, uh, fat in the animals. And people like to eat fatty foods. They get better taste from it. And so what it does, it suppresses the thyroid. That's what it does. Corn, soy, and uh, other grains, are, um, and they destroyed our minerals because they uh, remove from phytic acid they have. And so they're gaining weight faster. And the breasts of chickens, the breasts of turkey, the wider parts have more tryptophan and methionine and cysteine in their protein. And that's not a good protein. If you're going to go for it, occasionally you can go for the wing or the legs, which is dark part, and it's more usable and, you know, it's more of a mitochondria nutrients. We want to feed the mitochondria. That's the secret, that increasing NAD levels and increasing electron flows to the mitochondria. That's the secret of longevity. That's the secret of life today. And the foods that contribute to that are definitely your vegetables, mostly, you know, broccoli, cauliflower, kale, all these fruits, uh, Brussels sprouts contribute to good quality of mitochondrial function, but they have to be cooked. Now, with meat like pork and grass, um, the reason I like grass-fed beef, and I don't want you to eat it every day, maybe once a week or once every two weeks, is because it is grass-fed. So you're not going to get the uh, the high level of tryptophan and methionine and uh, cysteine and a lot of estrogen. Another thing is when you feed the animals, like humans as well, with a lot of grains and corn, it raises estrogen levels in our body. And estrogen is a molecule that causes pregnancy, but it also causes cancer in the brain, in the breast, in the ovaries, in the, anywhere else. It, is, it raises that. So you want to avoid the estrogenic foods. So fish is very good. You know, black cod, the white fishes are much better than the oily fishes because you don't want so much oil. You don't want so much EPA or DHA because 
too much of it suppresses the immune system, and people don't understand that. Yes, you know, all these pills that they're giving you from krill and fish, they're good for anti-inflammatory, but they also suppress natural killer cells, microphages, which are important in communicating and getting rid of bacteria and viruses and cancer. So you don't want to... So eating the foods rather than taking the pills is much better for you because the protein, albium, protects the oil from oxidation in the body. And that's another problem. Any long-chain fatty acid, and I learned this at Stanford, that um, is conducive to oxidative damage. So you want to avoid long-chain fatty acids, and all your fish omega-3s are that way. And so some of your mono or saturated fats are more protective. They don't have that anti, they don't have the inflammatory mechanism, and they don't have the oxidation factor. So butter, ghee butter, and uh, olive oil and MCT oil occasionally are good for you. But are you recommending a quart of whole milk per day? I recommend most people to have more of the, unless you're very active, like an athlete, whole milk is one of the best things we use. We, uh, chocolate milk was excellent for athletic performances and bodybuilders, no doubt about it. But as you get a little bit older, you don't are active enough, you should get 2% of low-fat milk because you don't need all that fat. You need the calcium and the milk and the other proteins that come from milk. And the calcium is important in milk, and it's a vitamin D that comes with it, and vitamin A that comes with it, and also stimulates thyroid function when you have certain types of protein. When you're, when you're depriving yourself of protein, make sure you also understand your thyroid, and if you have to take a T3 or armothyroid, a Cytomel or Cytoplus, which are natural thyroids, most people are going to be low in thyroid. That means they're going to be cold in their feet, cold in their hands. Their metabolism slows down. They don't sleep well at night. If you don't sleep well at night, you're missing thyroid function. You're not getting enough DHA. You're not getting enough progesterone. You're not getting enough testosterone. So those are very protective kind of hormones, and so is the thyroid. So it allows you to sleep longer and deeper, and you need six to nine hours of sleep every single day. And if you don't get that, there's no way you're going to stop the aging process. It's going to continue. What if somebody is lactose sensitive? Then you know what? They can, they can get milk that's lacto, lactase, you know, with lactase. So they can, they can take uh, certain nutrients with it. And, you know, or try sheep. You know, goat milk or sheep milk is much more conducive to the human body anyway. And it's better for you, and so is the cheese from sheep and goat. It's much, it has a different, it has an A2 component of, of milk. And um, unless you find A2 somewhere out there and you can get that, most people can do that. They, they don't have the problems with A2 milk. Now, you were touching on hormones. I mean, of course, estrogen, if you're not protected by progesterone, is a problem and is carcinogenic, and a lot of uh, testosterone in men is, is converted by aromatose pathway to estrogen, which causes them problems as well. You're talking about the DHEA and progesterone. How do we increase those in a healthy way? Okay, well, for instance, um, you talked about the right things, testosterone, 
you need to know and understand how much the body makes a day and don't go beyond that. So if it makes 12 milligrams a day of testosterone, don't take 200 milligrams because you're right, it'll convert to estrogen. Uh, the same thing with DHEA. The body needs DHEA because it's a precursor to every hormone out there. So between 5 and 10 milligrams a day it should be sufficient because that's what the body needs and makes. So we're good for that. So you can get a supplement or sublingual product that does that. And if you, are, uh, if you need progesterone, which I think everyone needs because we don't make enough progesterone in our body because of the estrogen levels are higher because of the consumption of foods we have and the lack of natural lighting, EMF causes estrogen and serotonin to be released, a higher amount. So you know that being around a computer or cell phone and talking and being close to any power line is going to contribute to reduction of these protective uh, hormones. It's been shown in science in animals. So what you want to do is you want to take a good progesterone in a cream or I recommend progestin E from uh, Kenogen, and Kenogen is the only one I've seen that has the value and has the function it needs to work, and it's made with vitamin E and taken orally. You need to just understand how many milligrams you need a day as a protective mechanism, and pregnenolone is one of the most protective of all the um, hormones out there, and, and that one you can take in 100 milligrams or more, and that's very protective. So, all these hormones are very important, and a lot of the foods we eat today um, increase the estrogen levels and serotonin levels, which suppresses these hormones, and that's what we have to watch out. So eating too much grains and, and eating uh, meats that are not natural, grass-fed, and, uh, and uh, consumption of more pasture-raised eggs, I recommend that more on a daily basis either for breakfast, every morning I have an egg, an over-easy pasteurized egg, and I have 30 grams of my collagen with vitamin C, calcium, vitamin D, vitamin K, and uh, a line of B-complex, and I have been able to regenerate my own body, as you know, Susan, uh, you see me, and I'm able... You look great, Bernd. I mean, everybody in the audience, this man looks great. Yeah. So I do the things that are good for and I understand and I learn every single day something new. So I bring and I share new things to everyone. It's important. Well, tell us that about you your use of methyl blue. Tell us about hydrogen peroxide, the use of baking soda, apple cider vinegar in health. Oh, okay. Uh, about five, ten years ago, I got into methylene blue because I was looking at all the uh, complexes that help increase the respiratory chain of our Krebs cycle, the mitochondria, how to improve mitochondria function. We look at cytochrome oxidase and enzymes so crucial to everything we do in our mitochondria. Without that enzyme, we will not survive. We cannot make energy. We, uh, so cancer cells don't have enough cytochrome oxidase. They live on, uh, on uh, free fatty acids, which is not a good thing to have in your body, and I can, uh, we'll discuss that. So I started looking at papers and studies on methylene blue, and I found that it raises complex four, which is a very important um, um, complex that is directly lined to the electron flow of cell, of energy to the mitochondria. And then I saw the studies of science where it says that methylene blue with 
light therapy using infrared red light can alter cancer cells. It, it, it changes the cancer cells from a lactic acid to a CO2-producing uh, cell. And lactic acid is the contributing factor from all inflammatory mechanisms in our life. It's the end result of everything that causes cancer cells to live and survive and make abnormal cells. So I looked at all these components that methylene blue can do, and I and also had the science about uh, Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. So I started uh, teaching people how to use methylene blue on a daily basis, and I've been taking it for now five, seven years myself, and I noticed that my the thoughts and process of thinking and cognitive is improving all the time because of that. And people in the audience who've known me for 20, 30, 40 years in lecturing and all that, it says, God, in the last two or three, four years, they said, my God, you just bring out information and you bring it out in a way that I've never heard you bring it out. Something you're doing. I said, well, I'm taking methylene blue and some other things, and that helps. So we think it can help and can, in some way, with other nutrients, could probably reverse some of these declining uh, brain functions that we have today and cognitive function. And Oakland uh, Children's Hospital has shown that it helps with Alzheimer's and breaking down the beta amyloids. So that's an exciting thing. And bacon soda, I think, is one of the easiest, cheapest ways to maintain health. What it does, baking soda helps to buffer the cells, to keep the pH at the right level, remove lactic acid from the cells. The key in our gut is we don't want that much lactic acid because lactic acid increases histamine, which is an allergy that um, everybody has allergy to every food. It's histamine that does that. And also nitric oxide is increased in our gut. And nitric oxide is a gas that it contributes to further inflammation and leads to leaky gut. So baking soda, in the end results, helps to reduce these conditions, reduces histamine, reduces lactic acid, which is a component to everything that is running wrong in our body. It's the major factor of all inflammatory conditions is the end result of respiratory function is lactic acid, not CO2, which is the normal way. Um, We used to do a lot of CO2 improvement in athletes by giving them high-altitude training, and uh, we learned that from the Russians and the Germans about high altitude training, and they were one of the first ones to understand how to train an athlete, how to monitor their lactic acid, CO2 levels. And we started using nutrients to do that, and some of the nutrients was B1, B2, and also baking soda. And a half a teaspoon of baking soda once or twice a day will help you increase your CO2 components and also drinking carbonated Water helps with that, like Pellegrino or Gerald Steiner, which is my favorite, and because of the minerals. These help with gut issues and helps with digestion and post-digestion. And to get rid of serotonin in our, in our stomach and all that, ulcers are contributed by high levels of estrogen and serotonin. So anything that brings serotonin and estrogen down, gets rid of ulcers and digestive dysfunction in our body. And what about hydrogen peroxide and apple cider vinegar? 
Uh, apple cider vinegar is not as good as baking soda for CO2 because I look more for the carbon dioxide levels to increase. Apple cider vinegar is very good. I mean, vinegar added to your food, like uh, balsamic vinegar and all that, helps the digestion of your food a little bit better and helps with the carbs for, so it doesn't, get da- uh, doesn't cause a lot more damage in our gut by releasing nitric oxide and all that. So apple cider vinegar is also very good with water and lemon. And hydrogen peroxide, I use it for topically to get rid of, um, you know, any um, kinds of abnormal cells in my, uh, my skin. I topically apply it. I use it for rinsing my mouth. I've used it for people who've gone to Mexico and, and got one of those conditions where, you know, you pick up something, you eat, and you... Uh, in a toilet almost immediately. Hydrogen peroxide helps with that. So if you're in somewhere in the Where do they apply the hydrogen peroxide? Do they eat it? Yeah, they drink it. They just take a teaspoon, a tablespoon of the hydrogen peroxide and do it a couple times a day. And whatever happens, it it, it gets rid of some of the, um, um, you know, other factors in our gut, bacteria, fungus, parasites, all of that. And I was working uh, in an orphanage in Bangladesh... And we use the hydrogen peroxide to clean out the baby's ears. So tell me about your approach to cancer. Okay. Cancer is just another factor of all the things I discussed, eating the wrong foods and being in front of computers. Um, It is basically when you have too much estrogen in your body and you start releasing too much serotonin and you suppress the respiratory chain, you know, the mitochondria from functionally normally. Normal function, Otto Warburg in, uh, won two Nobel Awards or maybe three. He said that it's not a lack of oxygen in our body. It's the way oxygen gets utilized to make energy. Every food in our body, like proteins and fats, gets converted to glucose. And glucose is the uh, driving force of energy. It's like the gasoline of the car, Okay. And if you have the right gasoline, the car runs. And so glucose is, um, we oxidize glucose, called oxidation of glucose, to make energy, ATP, and, CO, and water, and CO, and CO2, and water, okay? And that's how all cells run. But what happens is if we damage our you know, environment by eating the wrong foods, too much polyunsaturated oils, and our thyroid is not working right, um, we're not sleeping right. We're stressing our body too much. We're getting too many stressors in our body. We're eating too much phosphoric acid foods, phosphorus foods. We're not, we don't have enough calcium, vitamin D, vitamin K in our body. What happens, estrogen and serotonin changes the molecular structure of the DNA, of the mitochondria and how it functions and how to utilize this food. It doesn't break down any more uh, glucose correctly. It breaks down protein into fats, and that becomes free fatty acids. Or your fats, it breaks down fat to make energy. Cancer cells are very, they're normal cells, but they have an ability to increase the telomeres so they know how to repair and regenerate faster than a normal cell and stay and maintain themselves. And because of this, this can cause problems. This doesn't, they don't have a function anymore. They don't have a DNA and RNA function that tells them what to do. The body does, uh, these cells don't have a function anymore. They just grow. 
they grow like kids and they become very hyperactive like some kids. So what happens is when we increase free fatty acids in our in in the production of energy, that breaks and and, and the mitochondria breaks down to producing lactic acid. And this lactic acid and carbonic uh, carbon monoxide are the key factors that contribute to abnormal cells. They're lost of DNA and RNA function. They don't know what to do. They're just growing and growing and eating up everything they can around themselves. They'll eat other normal cells if they have to survive. So what we have to do is reduce the inflammatory, the stressors that contribute to high estrogen, high serotonin, high nitric oxide, high histamine. These are the factors. And TOR pathways. These are factors like rapamycin. Um, that's why collagen is the only protein out there that does not uh, allow mTOR pathways to go. You know, they don't, they block and they inhibit the mTOR pathway, which is the building block for cancer cells to grow. We need it when we're young to build our muscles and our whatever else we need to grow, but the cancer cells use their pathways to grow themselves, and we got to inhibit that, and that's through es- uh, depriving them of estrogen, serotonin levels, nitric oxide, all of that, and you do that through dietary methods, okay? And what are they? By reducing tryptophan, methine, cysteine in our diet, eating more collagen foods, vitamin C, and like I said, we have some of the best collagen we ever made on Amazon under my name and on our website for physicians to order. It's the only peptide that's truly prolytic enzyme made. It's not sulfuric acid. It is a prolytic enzyme, and we use only U.S. grass-fed beef and cows that are... Isn't collagen the only food that's non-inflammatory, and it doubles our stem cell production? Yes, it does. And when you apply collagen with uh, infrared red light, and you take it with collagen... It doubles your stem cells, exactly right. And when you add the vitamin D and vitamin K and calcium, magnesium, you do that. So how do we stop the cancer cell? It's simple. Is bring back glucose oxidation back to the cell. How do we do that? By reversing lactic acid, by changing the environment of the cell, getting out more red light, uh, being in the sun more, in nature more, eating fruits and uh, vegetables, especially vegetables that are cooked, and eating the right proteins like fish and eggs and collagen. That is the factors. By increasing biotin in our diet, B1, they convert, uh, you want to increase CO2. The key is how do we raise CO2 in our body, you know? And that's what we want to do. So we want to reduce estrogen. We want to increase progesterone in our body. We want to increase some forms of DHA and testosterone at the right level. These hormones actually control the mitochondria and how they function. So we want to increase that, and we want to reduce these uh, anhydrous inhibitors. You know, car- we want to uh, use zinc and aspirin. Aspirin is one of the best ways to reduce fatty acids. Taking aspirin with baking soda is even better now. So a full aspirin, and I had a patient, a doctor, a friend of mine, his father had stomach cancer, and this was about 10, 15 years ago, and I was just getting involved with high doses of aspirin because of a study I saw. 
And I told him to take about six, uh, 300 milligrams of uh, to 10 aspirins a day with each meal with baking soda. And I don't hear from this doctor for about uh, six months later. And I call him. I said, by the way, how's your dad doing? He said, oh, I forgot to get back to you. I want to thank you. He's his cancer is gone in the stomach. I said, "What did?" Bern, you I hate to cut you off, but we're coming to a close. Yeah. So, let me, a couple All of things right. I hear in here is collagen is hugely important for our health. We need to avoid corn and soy because that makes our hormones go amok. We need to make sure our estrogen is not too high because it can be carcinogenic, and excess testosterone can convert the estrogen to the aromatose pathways. I hear we should cook our vegetables. I hear we should avoid certain amino acids. So there's certain organic meats that are better than others. We should eat healthy oils. I hear that vitamin K2 and calcium and vitamin D and a little bit of vitamin C is healthy for our bones. I hear that methyl blue and baking soda uh, taken in the right way is helpful. Apple cider may be less helpful, but it's helpful in hydrogen peroxide mainly for surface areas. We've got about two minutes left, Burn. So what would you recommend the patient to do and take? You can say what you do or what would you recommend to our audience? Well, you know, it's hard to recommend everything to an audience like this. So if they want to email me, I'll be glad to answer them. For, for, you know, I, I like to share my knowledge so they can go on my website and they can get, uh, email me through there, Dr. Byrne Freelancer. How do they get a hold of you? Tell them your website and tell them your email address. Okay, it's Dr. Dr. Burn, B-E-R-N-D, Freelander, F-R-I-E-D-L-A-N-D-E-R.com is my website. And there's an address for you to go on there to get a hold of me. And I'm also on uh, Dr. Burn Freelander, Amazon, and Facebook and Instagram. So I have Amazon, Facebook, and Instagram also. So you can get a hold of me or you can look at what we have. And my email address is D David Robert Boy D R B period Freelander F R I E D L A N D E R one zero at gmail dot com. And basically everything I said to you is have a positive attitude, do the right exercise every day, which is concentric exercise, not aerobic exercise, meaning when you do too much aerobic exercise, like running 10 miles, 20 miles, it causes oxidative damage to our cells. I hate okay? to cut you off realize. because it's such good stuff, but there you have it, folks. There are some key ways to maintain our health, go toward optimal health. So please contact Dr. Freelander, read some of his materials, uh, order some of his products, uh, do your own research, share with your colleagues, share with your physician, and consult with him to, make, to help make sure you're on the right path. And above all, thank you, Dr. Berlander, Friedlander, and thank you, and all be well. Thank you for listening. Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Here's to better health for you this week.